This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League, the WHL Broadcast Partners, and Bauer Hockey. Here's your host, John Keane. Hey, welcome to the show. Western Hockey League Commissioner Ron Robinson will kick things off. It's been a tough few weeks of game postponements and teams pausing activities, but through it all, strong commitment to get through this and push forward for a complete 68-game schedule and four rounds of playoffs. We'll have more coming up from the league office in moments. NHL Central Scouting has come out with its midterm rankings, and yes, once again, filled with WHL talent. We'll have a look at that. And the Portland Winterhawks recently had a northern road trip that was just a little bit wintry. Head coach GM Mike Johnston on that, COVID-19, and the WHL trade deadline, which is fast approaching. First up. It's been a tough time across sports right now with the Omicron wave coming through Western Canada. And to tell us more about the WHL stance and just where they are moving forward, here is Commissioner Ron Robison. Ron, thanks for spending some time with us here on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. It is, it's a tough time, right, to be a sports league, a manager in charge of the schedule. But there was a statement earlier this week from the WHL that, you know, fully committed to 68 games. Let's talk about the motivation behind that statement. Well, I think, first of all, we have a, um, a real strong group of ownership that is committed to making sure we deliver a full regular season game, a schedule full of uh, a complete 68 games and our full four rounds of playoffs. And so consequently, uh, we really are determined to make that happen this season after last season's shortened season. And, of course, for the players' development, it's extremely important. So we're uh, working through this. and. Uh, and hopeful that we can achieve that, and we're confident we'll get there. It's uh, It's been some uh, postponements recently, but we're confident we can get to a full 68-game schedule. What's it been like working with the club teams, trying to fit everything in and, and reschedule and uh, try to make this work through You know what hopefully is uh, nearing the end here as we get closer to the end of January? It's been very challenging. There's no question. Uh, we really rely on the cooperation of the teams, and they've been excellent in terms of making the adjustments that we need. We've now, I think, we're in the neighborhood of 40 to 45 games being rescheduled, and and uh, <clears throat> we're we're doing our best under difficult circumstances. The situation in Manitoba, where we don't have spectator capacity at the present time, uh, makes it a little bit more challenging. But we're working through these, and uh, we're hopeful that we'll be able to get most of these games rescheduled very soon. It's been a tough year, you know. Just Talking to other sports leagues, not only, you know, you mentioned the capacity restrictions, but in BC you dealt with road closures and uh, highways being washed away, which really cut off the lower mainland for the rest of the province and a main corridor for the U.S. division uh, when coming up. So you add in that, and that's just another, you know, hurdle here to overcome this year. Well, of course, we're not the only ones. There's many businesses, many individuals impacted uh, significantly and, and even facing harder, more difficult hardships than we are. And, but, uh, BC in particular have been extremely hard hit and, uh, with the challenges with travel and, and combined with capacity, uh, it's made it even that much more challenging for some of our BC teams. Is there any uh, dialogue with the provinces as far as when capacity might be uh, lifted as far as the restrictions? I know Manitoba's in a bit of a, a tough one where you can't even get, you know, even a thousand fans in. BC's at 50% along with Alberta. Uh, has there been any sort of dialogue as to when this might be lifted here at, this, at some point? There's no timelines really at this point. We stay in constant contact with our contacts within each provincial um, and state health authorities, and and they've been very good in keeps of keeping us informed. Um, it is challenging, obviously, with the restrictions on capacity for our teams, uh, and we're hopeful that those will be lifted. But uh, we also respect the fact that uh, that'll be done when it's a appropriate time from a health perspective. 
We've seen other leagues uh, actually go into a pause with the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League uh, with the, the wave coming through, and you know, Ontario's had some problems with uh, restrictions as well. How much are the three leagues working together right now to try to stay on the same page? Well, we communicate regularly. We're very aware of what's going on in Quebec, and Quebec, of course, has a complete shutdown within many other provinces, including the province of Quebec, where the teams are unable to practice in their facilities and get access to their facilities, unlike all of our teams who are continue to have access to the facilities and uh, are able to continue to train and, and play games. So we're fortunate in our region that we haven't been impacted to that extent. And, and again, outside of Manitoba, we have capacity for spectators, uh, not the levels we would like to see in some locations, but we're certainly uh, working through all of this. Commissioner, when it comes to potentially extending the regular season, is there any appetite for that? I know everyone is you know, culminating to a Memorial Cup in June. People can say, well, why not just extend it by a couple of weeks here? Is there any talk or thought of that? Yes, we're in discussion with the uh, Canadian Hockey League on how we might adjust uh, dates of Memorial Cups and our playoffs in order to uh, give us a little bit more runway, if you will, within the regular season. And we're assessing that right now. And uh, I think we'll get there. I think we'll have some flexibility. Uh, not a lot, but uh, we, as you can appreciate, we want to make sure, sure the season doesn't extend beyond June. And uh, But we do need some additional time, certainly, to get some some of these games that need to be rescheduled in into our uh, regular season and to make sure we have a full four rounds of playoffs. When you're trying to slide in all these games uh, in a short period of time, uh, what's been the reaction you know, of the club teams? Obviously, uh, it's, it's a business. Uh, you know, you're obviously also seeing some teams maybe play 4-5 and five or 7-10 you know, and ten here down the stretch, but uh, what's the appetite for these teams to play? I think the teams really understand what we're going through and they're finding, um, you know, with the work of the facilities uh, to come up with those dates that we need in those locations to, to reschedule games. It's not without its challenges, obviously, and, and in many cases we've got lengthy road trips and so forth to get in as, as well. So we're uh, trying to do our best under the circumstances, but our teams have been very, very good. And, and of course, the one thing we want to make sure is we don't have long layoffs with the players outside of the time that they need to recover and return to team activities following the uh, completion of their protocols. It's been a tough, you know, two and a half seasons now, right? I mean, uh, the experience of dealing with this is not something that anyone really would have wished upon, but uh, I think everyone seems to be getting better at uh, shifting and moving on the fly. For years, you know, to have one or two games a year changed or rescheduled uh, would have been a lot. Uh, It seems that everyone is uh, showing a lot of flexibility these days. Well, I think having gone through it last season, and as you mentioned, even to uh, back until uh, the the conclusion of the previous season, we had uh, disruptions to our schedule, and so seems seems that everyone is is getting certainly more accustomed to that. I don't think we we want this to occur on an ongoing basis, obviously, but they're adjusting and uh, understand the patience has been tremendous from our players through our teams to our partners, media, everyone in the league, understanding that we have uh, really have to work our way through this, and uh, we're determined though to get our full schedule in and I think that's the difference this season is that we're looking forward to a full regular season in playoffs and uh, ultimately a Memorial Cup. Let's talk about uh, TSN coming on board this year. First WHL broadcast comes up on Friday into Vancouver. The Giants and the Prince George Cougars. Nice to have a major uh, cable sports network on board with the league this year. It really is. We're very excited about TSN. Obviously, the work they've done with Hockey Canada on the World Junior Championship to bring that to another level. We're hopeful the same thing will happen with the Canadian Hockey League broadcasts and, and we'll reach another level with respect to uh, audience and, uh, and interest in the in our game across the country. So we're very excited about TSN and looking forward to the matchups in the West this year. 
really appreciate this. I know you're a busy guy and uh, trying to uh, roll with the punches, which is uh, another wave has been uh, admirable so far. So I know it's it's a tough go, and hopefully we get through this and uh, we steer clear and have a great spring and, and playoff season. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. From the drop of the puck to the Edge Chenault Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. 53 WHL players have been named to NHL Central Scouting midterm rankings ahead of the 2022 NHL Draft. Six players are listed among the top 30 amongst North American skaters, led by Winnipeg Ice Fords, Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky, who are ranked third and fourth respectively. Denton Matejchuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors, the top-ranked defenseman at number nine. Now the East Division trio joined by Seattle Thunderbirds blue liner Kevin Korchinski at 20th, Swift Current Broncos rear guard Owen Pickering, at 21st, and Kamloops Blazer defenseman Mats Lindgren at number 30 in the top 30 North American skaters. Meanwhile, Prince George Cougar netminder Tyler Brennan is the top-ranked North American goaltender. The product of Winnipeg is followed by Edward Silvertips puck stopper Braden Holt at number 6, Spokane Chiefs goaltender Mason Bopin at number 7 among the top 10 listed North American goaltenders. Overall, 20 of the 22 WHL clubs are represented in the midterm rankings. The Swift Current Broncos boast six players to lead all WHL teams. Prince George Cougars next with Five. A total of 27 WHL forwards find themselves on the midterm rankings, 17 defensemen, and nine WHL goaltenders. Congratulations. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition. The Portland Winterhawks were recently involved in the only game played over an entire weekend across the league. They came north to Kelowna to play the Rockets, and that's where Regan Bartell caught up with the head coach and GM of the Winterhawks, Mike Johnston, to get his thoughts on the WHL's on the WHL on the WHL's push through the Omicron wave and the upcoming trade deadline this Monday afternoon. Mike, welcome to the Okanagan Valley. Uh, do you remember the last time you saw this much snow in this area? Well, we had quite a trip up here. We had, uh, obviously, coming up the Coquihalla, we had a long delay there, and there was a lot of snow through that pass. And then coming in here, both in Kamloops and here, I was surprised how much snow there is. But we're back to winter. We get a lot of rain in Portland. We don't get this type of winter, and it's it's nice to see. I, I enjoy it. The bus got stuck. Is that right? Just around the corner here, <laughs> I think, maneuvering around the streets with some of the snow banks. So we had to, we had to get the guys out and push yesterday. <laughs> a team-building exercise. Hey, let's talk about what's going on in the world. Omicron. I guess your general thoughts about what's going on here with this entire situation and how it's impacting the WHL. Not good. It isn't, but I, I think the, all the teams have done a pretty good job of trying to control it. And really in the first half, we had, we had no uh, situations on our team in the whole first half. Coming back after Christmas, we had a couple. Uh, we isolated those players. And then the following week, we had a couple more isolated again. And then now coming up here, we had everybody PCR tested and everybody was fine. So hopefully we've contained it on our team and we'll continue to do so. We, all our players have had their booster shots, so that's helped before Christmas. We all got booster shots. And I think that that's, uh, you know, getting vaccinated, but also getting the booster really helps. So if people do get it, they're, they're down for a minimal length of time and the sickness isn't as, as strong. But I think the league right now is faced in this early few weeks of January with uh, the spread through teams and having to cancel games. And fortunately enough, we haven't done it up until Christmas. And now we're faced with it and we have to adjust and adapt. Do you wish it would just flow through your dressing room all at one time? Like, get get rid of it? You know, obviously put it behind you in the rearview mirror rather than having, you know, sporadic cases. 
Well, the most important thing, I think, is that nobody gets sick from it, and uh, that's that's a key thing. We would like to try and minimize it and control it if we can, and then maybe in another few weeks it'll start to taper off a little bit. And again, I believe with the booster shots and the double vax that it's really going to help our group. Mike Johnston, head coach, general manager of the Portland Winterhawks, joins us for a few minutes. You made a trade to pick up a player we're familiar with, Taylor Goche, now in your lineup. Why the trade, and what do you like about him? I think at the trade deadline every year, we've always had the philosophy that we would tweak our team. We don't look to overhaul. I like the way our young guys are progressing. Uh, We started, I would say, just okay through the month of October, early November, but we've really picked it up in the last six, seven weeks. I think we're playing some of our best hockey of the year. The young guys are maturing. Uh, We felt having two strong goaltenders, veteran goaltenders with Giannuzzi and Goche, uh, would give us the best chance down the stretch run. One last question for you is, trade deadline not that far away. From a general manager's perspective, are you are you hesitant in making deals, knowing that there's, again, we're dealing with uncharted territories with this Omicron. Uh, are you scared to make a deal to, to potentially if, this, if the season would go sideways? I think uh, in talking to a lot of the general managers, there there is that sentiment right now that people are a little bit nervous that they don't want to make a big deal, a big splash, and then all of a sudden it blows up on them because we can't continue the season. But all indications are that with this variant that we should be, and again, I'm no expert in it, but we should be tapering down and, and moving through it as an, at probably mid-January. So I'm optimistic. I'm more of an optimist that we will get the season in and we'll have a great playoff run. So we will be looking from the Portland Winterhawks perspective of if there's any deals that make sense to help our team, tweak our team. But we still believe we've got a really good team heading into next year as well. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. A pair of Portland Winterhawks have picked up Player of the Week honors. Forward James Stefan was in on all three Portland goals in a 3-1 victory in Kelowna, putting up two goals and one assist in the road victory. Meanwhile, newly acquired goaltender Taylor Goche picked up Goaltender of the Week honors. He made 36 saves in that lone game. It was his debut with Portland after a trade involving the Prince George Cougars and the Winterhawks. Appearing on the Portland Winterhawks podcast, Gauthier says it was a long journey from PG to Portland after the deal was done. It took me three days to get down here from from Prince George. I, uh, I made a made a couple stops. Uh, I think the the travel totaled to about 22, 23 hours. So wow. it, uh, it it was definitely a, a a little bit of an experience getting down here. But uh, once I got down here, it was uh, you know super exciting, and you know just getting to to meet all the guys and. You know, see uh, see how this team has ran, and you know it's uh, it, it's really clear why this team has been you know such a, a top uh, team in the league for such a long time. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to Regan for his help, as well as to all our guests and the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Next week, a look at all the trade deadline moves, as well as much more. I'm John Keen. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.